Welcome to the Today Counts show. Today does count because it impacts, it influences your tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that. The Today Counts podcast is sponsored by the generous donors of the Lead Today community. I'm your host, Kim Piper. A lot of us, we, we really do want to get better. We, we really do. Uh, the problem is we just never seem to get around to it. There's so much of the everyday affairs of life doing what we're doing, and our recovery t- tends to be kind of the same thing, kinds to be the bad habits, right? And uh, so in our work at Lead Today, in, in, our, in our ministry, we, we like to call it a ministry, as we, as we work with leaders, we often talk about the leadership track, the intentional part of learning and growing and simply getting better. And how do we get better? And we, we often start with just kind of stopping and, and thinking. Um, you know, there's all kinds of psychological words that we use today for this process. Um, and it kind of comes out into this thing that we now call EQ, which, you know, your emotional intelligence can't improve on the skill set side, I believe, and until we really do a good inventory of of who we are, our self-awareness, kind of how we came to be. It, it's okay. In fact, I, I want to give you permission as a person who wants to become a better person, as a leader who wants to become a better leader, and to remind you of the motivation of that is because if you put the work in to become a better person, if you put the work in to uh, become a better leader, everybody benefits. And we need to get off the couch and we need to start doing some of this. You know, some religious people are, are so religious that they just somehow think God is in the bushes, you know, and he's ready to wave a magic wand and he will make me better. And that's, that's really poor theology, because the evidence is clear, whether you want to take general revelation, meaning uh, the room that he has given us to invent and to understand things and, and to be amazed by the stars in the sky and a baby born and, and uh, wildlife and nature and, and the idea that we can actually have a first creation and a second creation, meaning that if we can imagine it, we can, we can create it. You know, these are all the things that the creator has gifted the businessman, the businesswoman, the leader, the father, the mother, the, the young person that has, has great ambition. But, you know, there is, there is this thing that we do. We tend to get in our own way. We need to get out of our way. And the way we need to do that is we need to be dedicated to, to growing, doing the hard things. You know, easy is so boring. E- easy makes me soft. Um, it makes me lazy. And uh, like building muscle, you know, uh, spiritual fat grows and, and in an exponential way can get so discouraging that one just wants to give up. So when I talk about self-awareness, what am I, what am I talking about? Well, if you've been part of this show for a while or if you've been part of the Lead Today community, you know that we often start with temperament, you know, trying to understand our innate wiring that was given to us at conception. And we all have that. 
I personally don't believe that that temperament changes at all. I, I, I believe that it is what it is. You you get that temperament. You can see it. You can see it when somebody is six months old. You can, whether you have the words to articulate what you're seeing, the fact is that you are seeing it. You are seeing it. When you go to a, a, a soccer game and, and, and you see 11 kids uh, or 22 kids out there on that field playing, you, you can notice uh, the temperament of, of kids. If you get in, in a dialogue with your kids, if you've had more than one kid, you know that your kids just don't come out the same. They, they have different temperaments. But you know, a, a good solid base, a good solid understanding of your temperament is, is, is important, but that's not even near enough. Because what lays on top of that temperament is what we can call conditioning. It's the, it's the good, the bad, and the ugly of what has happened in your life, and maybe even more importantly, what you've done with it. And all of these things are innate temperament and, and what we've experienced and our environments. All, all of these things begin to, to shape us. Um, yeah, they, they, they really do shape us. And so as a leader, you've been shaped. As a person, you have been shaped. The question is, do you know why? And is it the kind of shape that you you want to be? Is this who you want to be? I think, I, I hope that all of you who are listening, as you're listening, that you would be able to sit down with me and a cup of coffee and I could share with you some things that I don't like about myself that I, I want to slap it around and I, I want to see it transform. And then, you know, maybe you have some of those things too. But you know, before we just rush out and we say I'm going to get I'm going to get better, it really does do good to spend some time thinking about what has shaped us. And, and I'm going to do a little bit of that with you. I'm going to put myself on the couch. Um, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to put myself on the couch and I'm going to think about some stuff and and I'm going to go through these things. Um, uh, in fact, that's that's what uh, my next book is really about is is you know kind of going back in life. And looking at the things that I have experienced, uh, the people that I have known, right? I mean, isn't that what shapes us? The people that we have known close enough or even at a distance that we admire, perhaps, or don't admire. And then, you know, the experiences that we've had that shape us. One of the first memories that, that I have as, as, I mean, not one of the first, but one of the highlights, I guess you would say, um, was, and I can remember it now, you know, sometimes you think you remember stuff and it's because you can't always remember it, you, you cover it in with facts. And, and so I'm not sure how many of these things are, are facts. I know they're all based upon facts. You, you know what it's like. You, you put a movie on and it says, inspired by a true story. <laughs> so we, we really don't know how loose the interpretation is. And so when we look back into our memory, into our childhood, into our youth, um, you know, maybe some of it had to be colored in because we, we can't remember exactly. But, you know, I'm just going to walk through some things just off the, off the top of my head on the things that have shaped me. Let's start this way. Um, I'm sitting on a pew uh, in the back of a little church. The name of the church is Grace Brethren Church, San Bernardino, California. I remember the pastor, his name was McClellan, Pastor McClellan. Um, I remember him to be a large man. Um, I, I don't mean large like heavy. I mean, you know, he was a big man. He could have been, at, at least in my boyhood memory, he could have been a lineman. 
right? So a, a big fella. And his talk, and I'm sure he didn't say it this way, but but even as a little boy, my mind has always kind of gone to the bottom line. I could I, I could listen to a dissertation and and was able to to get to the conclusion pretty quickly to simplify what was being said. And and he was talking about the concept of sin, right? And and that from a biblical perspective, sin is simply missing the mark. If if God's standards is the bullseye, uh, the idea is that none of us have hit the bullseye. So so there there's space. And in his uh, thesis, if you will, he was sharing that that there's consequences for sin, and and sin has to be um, justified. It has to be paid for. Um, there's consequences to sin, and kind of laid it out like this: uh, either I can pay for that sin uh, somehow in the next life, or sometimes in this life, right? In this life and perhaps in the next life. Or I could believe the gospel, which is that God sent his son and lived a perfect life and and kind of became this concept of the of a lamb. You know, and I don't want to get too much into the Old Testament, but, you know, that's what the Jewish people would do is they would bring a, a an unblemished lamb for sacrifice and and uh, it sounds barbaric, I know, but then that the blood of that lamb was kind of sprinkled ceremonially on on the man and his family, um, you know, as a way of expressing faith and, and need for God's forgiveness. But anyway, he could, Mister uh, Pastor McClellan could have just said, "Someone's got to pay for your sin, either you or Jesus." And for me, that was pretty easy. Well, a, I knew that I was already a criminal. I mean, I was eight years old, and and I and I knew, I already knew that I've done some bad stuff, had a rap sheet. And uh, whether it was, uh, you know, whatever it was, I, I, I knew that, uh, you know, I, I've never been one of these that, that says I'm not guilty. I'm, I'm guilty. Um, so it was pretty easy for me to say, well, gosh, um, that story kind of makes sense to me. It's a crazy story, but it kind of makes sense to me. I don't know what else would in that, you know, God would bridge the gap. And, and so um, I placed... My, I, I said, Jesus, you take my sin, and and I and that that day there was it, it was it was a legitimate faith transaction, um, and hopefully the beginning of transformation, you know, in my life. Um, I'll fast forward that same evening, you know, in, in that tradition, in, in that Christian tradition, um, they baptized people three times frontwards, meaning you know you, you stand with the pastor and then you get dunked, but you get dunked face first. You go all the way underneath the water, you come out, but they do it three times. They do it in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, and I remember as a little boy, you know, not really getting all of this, I, I think I was more afraid of, and, and though I didn't have the courage to ask the question, I didn't know whether I should try to hold my breath through those three dunks or if I should try to sneak in a breath in between, in between. Yeah, that, that was a shaper um, in, in my life, my, my Christian background is is definitely a shaper. Another shaper is I don't remember how or why, but somehow I was entered into a speech contest and maybe I was a little bit older than eight. I remember I was a little bit older than eight. And though I couldn't articulate it, learning was never a problem for me. Um, I could listen really well and probably not need to read the chapter of the book and, um, you know, and, and do just fine. And anyway, um, the speech that I was given for this contest was, again, because it was from a Christian school. I went to a Christian school through uh, 
middle school. And it, it was kind of a, a, a rewrite, a, a bit of an embellished story of Jesus healing um, a man who needed to be healed. And I can remember standing on that stage for some reason, not being afraid at all. I had memorized things so well, but I think one of the things that I'm, I'm good at is I, I can actually put myself in other people's shoes. And when I memorized that story of Jesus healing the man, I, I really felt like I was that man who needed to be healed. And I guess the way I would say it is I presented that talk in a trance-like state, only to be awakened by um, a standing applause. And I got the, bl- the blue ribbon. I didn't even really know that it was a contest. But I think what I learned about myself, maybe around the age of 10, if my, if my memory is right, is that I had the ability to think about things deeply and to present them in a convincing manner. Um, another memory I have is called Boys Brigade, and uh, we're, we're still kind of in the in the Christian influence and realm at this time. Boys Brigade is a is a more in depth Christian version of Boy Scouts. That's how I would describe it. But I've got so many good memories of that. Of you know, this was the day before everybody was freaked out. You know about. <laughs> about safety and rights and all of that kind of stuff. I remember we had boxing matches. We played football. We took coffee, you know, those big cans at Folgers Coffee used to come in, and we learned how to carve them up and turn them into little stoves, right? And then we would build a little fire underneath and fry a hamburger, you know, on top. I remember uh, carving soap with a knife and having contests and and uh, Bible drills, uh, you know, the Bible drills is someone gives out a chapter and verse, and uh, whoever gets to it first, right? It, it was competition, and the uniforms and the badges and the and the campouts, you know, the the trips. Uh, that was a shaper for me because um, the way my dad led that, he he he, my, my dad's organizational minded, but he also knows how to create a movement. And I learned a lot from him in that he may not have noticed. I don't think dads always notice what boys pick up. Um, I would say I'm more of a movement guy than I am an organizational guy. And, um, you know, that's that's another talk for another day. Um, not saying that, that that one is better than the other, but they're definitely different. They're, they're different things. They're different purposes. One of my uh, childhood friends... Um, you know, I was always a little guy, you know, today, or may, maybe 20 years ago, if you asked me how tall I was, I was somewhere between five, six and five, seven. Today, I'm somewhere between five, five and five, six, because, you know, I'm in my sixties now. And it's just kind of what happens, I guess. But I don't remember the exact heights, but my best friend in grade school, his name was Rick Miller. His name is Rick Miller. And um, we looked like an odd couple because he was a big guy. He was a really big guy. I've got so many thoughts and stories about how different we were. We were different in every way. I cannot think. The only thing I can think of is that we both had a love and admiration for uh, professional baseball players, and, and therefore we collected 
baseball cards, thousands upon thousands of baseball cards. In fact, our picture was in the front page of a newspaper called the Sun-Telegram in San Bernardino. And we had created this, literally this house of cards with our baseball cards. But I remember all the memories that I have. And today I'm able to look back and see the psychology and the kinship and the bonding and the love that we had for one another, yet we were so different. I was so darn competitive, and he wasn't. Um, When you take the time to look back, you can learn so much about yourself. And, And why am I going over this is because, you know, when I ask people what their purpose is in life, and it's kind of difficult to talk about that without talking about what they value in life. And I think what a lot of us forget is that many of our values are shaped by our past. Some of them are good values and some of them maybe not so good. But I think my parents were pretty loyal people. And so I think that spilled out into my life with my friend, Ricky, Ricky Miller. I could tell you some more stories there about a time he didn't show up for a field trip and we found out he was had he went in for a, an emergency appendectomy. Um, and when I found out later, I was so guilt-ridden because what no one else knew is him and I were playing one-on-one football out in the front yard at my house, and he was ready to quit, and I didn't want to quit. And so, you know, I kind of bullied him. I, I really did. I, I kind of bullied him. Now, you know, if he was a more aggressive guy, he could probably pound at me in the ground like a stake. But, you know, he kept telling me he had a stomach ache. And and sometimes when Ricky would, would lose, you know, I, you know, anyway, I think you get the, you get the picture. And I remember giving him, in fact, he showed it to me not, not that many years ago. I, I sent him a get well card and I, I drew this picture, this silly picture of him on the operating table. These are stick men, of course. And and then I've got this knife in the hand of the of, of of the surgeon that is almost the size of the two stick men, and and then I've got a little you know bubble coming out of Ricky's mouth that's saying "ow, ow, ow," you know, just brings back memories of friendship and what I learned about friendship. Ping pong is a memory. Table tennis, uh, ping pong, precious, precious summer evenings. Growing up on 16th Street in San Bernardino, we had a one-car garage, and my dad bought us a ping-pong table, and he would open up that garage door, and him and I would go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I'm telling you, you know, he would let me stay up late, even though he had to get up early and go to work, and and we would play till midnight. And and I remember sweating, you know, in the summer heat, and we just loved it. And, you know, you got the fluorescent light on in that little garage, so it wasn't good, but we would just play and play and play and play and you know and it's no wonder that as I became a teenager and into my 20s and 30s and adult life I, I never found anyone who I couldn't beat in, in ping pong even if they beat me once you know by the time I'd figure out their spin or their angle or their style all those hours and hours and hours hitting that little white ball back and forth with my dad running back and forth back and forth back and forth I can tell you a story, a, a sad story in Tennessee when we were on vacation and my mom was trying to, um, she was trying to figure out the world because when she was a little baby in the hospital with three older siblings alive and well and at home waiting for her and mom, my grandmother, to come home from the hospital, 
my mom's father um, left left all five girls, left the four girls and and his wife, just got up and left. So one year while we were on vacation, um, I guess there was an adult decision to go find this guy and and go talk to him. And I and I remember that. I remember that. And I remember my mom's words when we drove away as well. That's that. Peanut brittle. Peanut brittle is something that is really special to me. Not only do I like peanut brittle, but the man who turned me on to peanut brittle was the grandfather on the other side of the family, my dad's dad. And I called him grandpa, straight up grandpa. He was an artist, incredible organist. Um, he was a gentleman. He was a carpenter. He's an engineer. Uh, I remember him teaching me how to straighten out nails. Remember, this is somebody who went through the Depression. And, uh, you know, waste wasn't there. Um, how clean and neat his yard was. How, uh, But, you know, he would sit me on his lap and he would sneak me some peanut brittle while he would sketch out these pictures of birds, you know, uh, and such, and houses that he did. I was always amazed by my grandfather. Even in his early 80s, he would hit me ground balls to get me ready for my Little League game. Yeah. Coach John Bearsford. Coach John Bearsford, my high school wrestling coach, an All-American. Um, he wasn't the kind of coach that stood on two feet and, and yelled out commands. He got on the mat, even though even in those days he was in his 50s, and he would get on the mat, maybe even 60. He would get on the mat, and he would demonstrate moves. Um, he, he called me champ. He looked in my eyes, and he called me champ. He told me what I could do. Um, he told me what I did. Um, he was a clever, wise man, wise man. Now, I could go through all of these things that I just shared with you and tell you what I learned from them and how they, how they shape me. What I would like to encourage you to do as you turn the corner for a, a new calendar year or as you are thinking about a new challenge or you're really kind of ready to wake up your soul. The things that I've talked about, um, each one of those topics, I could do a podcast alone on each of them at least. And the things that I learned from all of these little snapshots have shaped me. And they have given me confidence to understand why I believe what I believe and why I do what I do. And then I can evaluate each of those to see if now, 62, almost 63 years of living, do I affirm those things and move on? Or do I call them out and say, no, that needs to be transformed. That needs to be changed. I don't have to be defined by that. If you are not part of the Lead Today community, let me invite you. You can go to leadtodaycommunity.com and sign up for the Leadership Kit. So again, thank you for joining with us. Tell a friend if you enjoyed this. We would really appreciate it.